Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. This morning I woke up and I had a thought, and it was personal integrity. How does that play out in community? You know, we talk about unity and relationships and personalities and all of those things, but really, you're very powerful. It's whenever we forget how powerful we are. Because when he says, whenever you get out of just operating in the natural realm, and just to cover our bases, when God created the world, he created a human and his name happened, the, the human was Adam. And then Adam got tricked into thinking that he needed more than God. God's not enough. And when that happened, everything that got produced from that first Adam produced that in your human nature. That God's not enough. But God knew he was enough. And so he decided to send his son, Jesus, And if you accept Jesus, then he breaks off that old dominance from the enemy working in your life to convince you that you're nothing, that you're scum, that nobody loves you. He deals with all of that. And when he breaks that off, he establishes you as a spiritual son and daughter in the power of his Holy Spirit. That's what's called being born again. And he says, you've got to have that. If you try to function in life, even going to church and thinking that that church attendance is what is going to be enough for you to survive in this world, it's not enough. You need a spirit-to-spirit connection with God where you're empowered. And so if you have experienced that, and you have received the Holy Spirit, then that means you're powerful. You are powerful. And so I think, you know, he will not let me get off of how powerful you are. And part of that emphasis is um, your responsibility that you own your life and what you do with it. And so I think he really wants to help us today, maybe just remind you of how powerful you are, um, how important you are, how loved you are. Um, One thing that I was thinking about just personally is just kind of on a personal note in in my life, um, my company that I've had for 30 something years, we're going through quite a change. And so we've had... Um, another company that we partner with a lot for about 15 or 20 years, and they're going to kind of get out of business. And so you can see this is what we do in life. We either look at when things happen, we have a fear response, or we have, oh, good, something, something new. There's room for something new to open up right here. And we usually live between those two places, don't we? Ah, you know, something good could happen here. Ah. Your change could be good. (laughs) You know, change can be good. Change can be good. And so I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about it. It's like, okay, we've been doing that, doing that for 15, 20 years. You know, something there's room for something new to open up right here. But what I have to be careful to do is to not try to decide what I think it looks like and go out and make it happen. And so I have to be still and wait and be prayerful. And it's this thing we're talking about today where I, instead of looking out at my landscape of what it could look like, I have to look at his and say, what are you seeing right here? And I'm waiting to see what he says. I mean, I've got all kinds of great ideas, you know, but I'm, I'm waiting to see what he opens up. It sounds hopeful, doesn't it? Instead of scary. 
And so I'm like, okay, what's going to open up here for the future? What's going to go on? What's going to go down here? Because I know I've tried to get out of this business many, many times. <laughs> you know? And he's like, I like what we're doing here. All right. Let's keep on doing it. And so, you know, I, I know that it is very precious to him to have a group of people who love him and meet these strangers and you get to go into their house and do things. It's, you know, not very many people get that opportunity to see where people really live, where they're really at, what kind of books they're reading, what kind of pictures they're having, what kind of memorial sorrow they have of loss that they've experienced. I mean, you just really get a different look. And then to bring presence into those places time and time and time again, it's just a sneaky way that he gets to come close. And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about looking down the road to see how Papa God wants it to look. So that's kind of what I've been doing. We're waiting, waiting. We love to wait, waiting. Waiting, 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 waiting. You know the time to get closer and closer. So look more intently, you know, waiting, waiting. And so how far do you look down the road of your life to see what you can change now for the best final outcome? You know, we, we get... Um, What would be a good word there? Off track, distracted, one of those kind of words where we forget how important things are and how powerful we are. And so sometimes we can get, you know, lulled to sleep where we just do the mundane. I get up, I have breakfast, I go to work, I come home, I, whatever your routine is, I, you know, I do. And then we, we get in, in that, and we forget how powerful things can be. You know, you only have so many days. They say if you had two days, would you live that different than you're living right now? You got two days. I mean, your priorities might get lined, right? Dang, I just got two days. I got to talk to some people, you know. Tell them how much I love them, how proud I, proud I am of them, impart some things to them. I mean, you know, you really kind of start getting sharp when you think in those terms. And so, you know, if you think about how far down the road of your life do you look and what kind of changes do you make right now because lukewarm kind of causes you to drift by degrees. So kind of wanted to, not in a scary way, but in, in a powerful way, think about, you know, that you have just the ability to do great things. You have an ability to make some impact. The way you live matters. What you do today matters. How you talk to people matters. The choices you make matter. And so I was thinking about, not remember that this is not scary version. This is just thinking about good choices. Romans 14, as surely as I am the living God, every knee will bow before me and be accountable to me. Therefore, each person must answer for himself, say himself. himself. Each person must answer for himself, herself, themselves for himself, and give a personal account of their own life before me. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? Life matters. What I do matters. How I talk matters. The way I interact with people matters. What I give my time to matters. How I decide to um, worship or keep my eye on him matters. That matters. And so... I mean, think about that. Um, Mumu, come stand right up here. 
Just stand right there and face me, okay? Whether I'm living or whether I die, I make it my life's passion to live pleasing to my Father. For one day we will all be openly revealed before Jesus Christ on his throne. So each one of us will be duly recompensed for our actions that we've done in life, whether good or whether worthless. But remember, you've got to give an account for who? Who? What are you doing with yourself? We wanna we wanna make everybody else accountable. And he's saying, why don't you take care of what you got going on right there? You got some stuff going on right there. Take care of yourself. And so let's say that, that this is the time of that scripture. The, the moose day is done. She, God and the son are on the throne. There's only one authority. You, get, you got your life from whom? From him. And so who do you have to account to for your life? Him. Not Joe Blow down there. You're going to account right here. So if I start saying, now, Moo, you know, how did you do? I saw you were on the struggle bus there for about three years. Uh, what happened right there? Now, are you going to do this? She didn't help me. So see, she could turn around. She, now, Novea didn't come to One Life fast enough because I really needed somebody really sweet like her, and she didn't show up fast enough, so I struggled. So it was Novea's fault. She, but Moose got to do what? When you were in that place, what did you do? I chose. Yeah. You can say that. So see, we do this thing where we're acting like we can only be powerful yeah. if everybody around us is powerful and perfect and doing everything and this and that and this and that. And we say, well, I could have done better if so-and-so would have or they would never. You know, we tend to do that. And he's like, no. <laughs> right here. You know. You're powerful. I've given you life, and I've empowered you, and I inspire you, and I pour my love out on you. you ha I have cleared the way. You have complete access to me. And so own your life. This thing's bugging me, but I'm going to try to deal with it, okay? I'm going to practice my patience with it. Oh, it's good, isn't it? So what is your goal? Is your goal just to get married and have as much sex as you can? Yes, I said S-E-X. You can. Is your goal to have a bunch of babies and stay home so you don't have to work? I'm not saying that's us. I'm just I've heard this in the past from some people. So I'm just pulling from 30 years of history. You know, it, what is your goal? Is your goal just to have as much fun as you can and let it rip tater chip and not care? I'm just going to live, you know, and just let it rip out there. You know, so what is your goal? Because, you know, you're going to be standing here at some point. I mean, I want to stand there like, I don't even know if I, if I would be standing to you. It would just be... You know, it's like, wow, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gosh, just what a privilege that you put these people in my life. What a joy to get to have conversations with them. What a joy to get to do this with them. What a joy here. What You know what I mean? Like, whew, wow. It, it's, you know, it, it's this thing that we want to cultivate in our life. And so there's, there's one thing that I see us doing when we're being powerful that we need to tweak. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. We've been talking about our personalities. You know, really, what are the things? What are the things that we need? We've been talking about the things that we need. And um, still that, you know, we want to know ourselves and how we happen on people. Because why? We're trying to account and own our lives. You could choose the better thing. You got two things. That's what happened in the garden, right? You could choose this or that. 
you could choose the better thing. We always can. So I want to read this to you. And what I'm kind of talking about is I'm talking about you being powerful. And I'm talking about how you do you relationally. And so keep that in mind because we have some distortions that we run into that I really want to address so we can sharpen those and then we can have more impact. That's my end game. So um, this is Galatians 6, I believe. Now listen to this. Live creatively. Are we doing that? I mean, gosh, how cool is it? Think about, I want to live the most creative way I can. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do my job the same old way I do it for 30 years. Hey, is there a new way? Hey, let's try something new. Hey, you know, I, I want to try new things. Live creatively. Friend. If so, and he's saying, as you're living your life, so we're talking about, that doesn't sound powerless, right? Live sleepy, disconnected, depressed, checked out, my friends. <laughs> I, right? That's not in the bracket there. Live in a creative way. And so, I mean, really tap into that. You are his beloved. You are so dearly loved by him. And that he has given you his Holy Spirit. You can, life can be fun. Yes, right. Life can really be fun. Life can be good relationally. That doesn't mean your definition of good. That means it can be good relationally where there's a really healthy conflict. Or you're saying, man, you know, that was really, really sharp right there and really kind of hurtful. And, you know, you kind of checked out and have gotten entitled instead of being appreciative right there. And it's really kind of hurtful. I'm just going to stay here with me, and when you clean, get ready to clean that mess up with me, then we can get back on track. And so living in a creative way, I want you to be thinking about that. If somebody falls into sin, forgivingly restore the one. Save your critical comments for yourself. What does Danny Silk say? Let's don't forget we're all scumbags without Jesus. You know, if you're about to have a confrontation and address something, well, remember, you're going to be a scumbag at some point because, you know, this is what humans do. Sometimes they get stupid. You know, we have to have a conversation with each other. Someone falls into sin, forgive him, keep your critical comments to yourself. Remember, you're going to need forgiveness before the day is out. So that's what I'm trying to say. Don't bring this superior attitude when you're helping each other. Stoop down low and reach out to those. Share their burdens. Now, this is, he says burdens twice in here when you break it down. When you break it down. Is that bugging y'all? Y'all okay with that? When, when you break it down, the first one is something that you're experiencing is so big and life-threatening and daunting that you cannot pull yourself up. It doesn't mean because you're lazy and you want everybody to do something for you and you get your life in a certain location or what, you know what I mean, that, that that's where I'm supposed to run over and be creative there. So we, we got we to gotta watch what we're, us rescuers are doing. This might be a new thing. See how creative I'm being right now? This is being creative, don't you think? I mean, how many times have you seen this done? How many? Just saying. Sometimes you just got to go with it. Share their burdens. If you think you're too good for that, you're deceived. Here we go. Here we go. Get ready. Make a careful exploration of who you are. Okay, think about that. Who are you? Who does God say you are? You're a daughter, you're a son, you're, you know, you're a 
child, you're a husband, you're a, you know, who, who, who are you? I'm a boss. You know, I'm a weeder. <laughs> I just say that like really. We have a little boy here and in an RC group, they try to train the little kids how powerful they are and the way that they live makes a difference. And so Sudbo will say to Roly, now, Roly, that really wasn't a good example. You know, you're you're supposed to be a leader, right? I know I'm a weeder. And so we're a weeder. We're weeding things. People are watching. So make an exploration. Who are you? Are you thinking about it right now? Who are you? I like to think about all of the areas that he has given me ownership over. Myself. That's a really good one to start with. I would suggest starting there. Myself. You know, I'm a person in a household of eight. You know, I have responsibilities there. I'm a boss. I own a company. I interact with subcontractors and people. You know, I, I'm a leader, a weeder here, you know, in some some areas. And so I'm like, okay, here's some areas of mine. I'm exploring. Explore who you are and the work you have been given to do. Okay. Does that sound like ownership to you? Or I'm going to check out over here and I'm going to let everybody else do a bunch of stuff over here. What well, does not work for me? Does that work for you? Like in your house, like if somebody is not showing up, does that work for you? That does not work for me. At your job, you know, does that work for you when somebody's showing, not showing up and they want everybody else to do everything? See, that, that doesn't work. Relationally, that is not working. Because why? You're going to get it by the end. You're powerful. That's why it doesn't work, because you're powerful. You are powerful. You're powerful. You're creative. <clears throat> Sink yourself into that. You know, we had, honestly, you know, I run into this with some of my 30s and 20-year-olds, is that sometimes we'll want to do a whole bunch and we won't, want, we won't manage that really well like we should. And then we'll get in that moment and it's like, oh, crud, I was supposed to have had a meeting and planned that and brought something here. And they're, well, here we are in this meeting and everybody's looking at me like, okay, what happened? And then I just go, <laughs> and I just throw something out there because I feel like I'm supposed to. I get nervous. And we're like, you didn't manage that, did you? That is so disappointing as a leader because what it says to me is, is I trusted you and asked you to help me carry this. And you said, yeah, I'm all about it. And then when it comes time to show up and it's all rally, you know, okay, God, what's this great thing you're doing? How did, how did I inquire of you? What did I see? Because we know you're powerful. So when you bring something less than that, it doesn't fly. Yeah. Try to make it fly, Aaron. No, just it really doesn't fly. And so what happens is, since you're all powerful, you have something to bring. You have something to contribute, whether it's in your households, at your work, wherever it is. And so whenever we're saying you're so powerful, I'm looking to you. What kind of powerful, creative thing are you going to bring right here? And then you bring me that, like you hand that back to me. We just had some of this, our last leadership meeting. I'm like, disappointing. And so that makes a leader... Weeder feel like, okay, um, I guess I will take all of that back and, and try to rework it because the passion and the vision is there, whether it's for your family or whatever it's for. And it really, you know, it just, it doesn't work very well whenever you don't bring your powerful self. So then we have to have some powerful conversations about, okay, now, what happened right there, I didn't really like the way that went down. I didn't like that right there. You know, what should have happened right there was we should have some conversations as leadership over this certain area, 
We should have been prayerful. We should have gotten together a whole lot more. We should have already done, gleaned the work, and then we should have been ready to show up and say, here's what we've been seeing. See how that cre- brings your creativity, your powerfulness? Here's what we've been seeing. Here's what we ask God about. Wow, what happens there in that environment when people start being powerful? And so, you know, I see that a lot. So that's really good because it says take an exploration of who you are. Work out what you've been given to do and sink yourself into that. That's a godly thing to do. Right? Are y'all mad or happy or glad or powerful? You're not being powerless on me, are you? out there. Don't do it. Each one of you, here we go, don't be impressed with yourself. See, some of us do that. We show up a little tiny bit and we go, oh, I was the one that had that thought today. I threw that in there. And it's like, well, how about if we just managed our whole entire life that way and we we're just grateful that your Holy Spirit's always flowing and always wanting to move. And how about we were just more excited about what he was doing and how he was strengthening there and that he invited you to be a part of it. I mean, and how that gets distorted is when, and we might even get to it, um, it says in another scripture where you're not comparing or competing, but within yourself, you are knowing how you're showing up and who you're partnering with. And the way that you're doing that, you are really proud of yourself. That's a healthy version. It's like, wow, that felt really good. That felt good to be me. I told Philip that on Easter when he did that part in the Easter dance. It was so powerful. And, and they were talking about, you know, basically how much Jesus loved us and what he did for us. And he did one part where I just saw his face get this look. And it showed me he was tapping into to God's heart and Jesus's heart. Of, I am so passionate about you. And he did a couple of these really big moves with that red flag. And I just told him, wow, Phil, that really moved me. And so, you know what he can do? He can go back to the secret place and he can say, wow, God, thank you for picking me to be that person and for moving on me in that way that impacted people. And then he can still, he can feel good about, man, I feel so good that I partnered with you, God, in that way. And so you see everything, it's like splitting hairs. We're a little bit over here. Oh, we're on a little bit over here. Really good. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility. Each of you. Each of us must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Mm, that is so good, isn't it? Wow, that was just, oh, stood out to me. I got to say it again, okay? Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. You can't blame it on nobody else. You can say, man, I got, I can get up today. I can do some stuff. Jerry could go to work. Rod can. He can be creative with the way he speaks with people. You know, he can be, I mean, there is no limit to our ability to be creative. And, you know, whenever you take ownership of you, then it's real easy to. Because, you know, I own this area. I gotta say it again, okay? Because I don't want you to forget it. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. How many perfectionists do we have in the room? Control freaks. Listen, there's so much in the journey. We're not we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about moving towards something with a belief system that that I'm impactful. 
God, I really honor what you've done for me, who you say I am, what the possibility is in a day. You know, the enemy loves for us to get so discouraged and feel like things are so daunting and like you're a stupid idiot and, you know, you don't have anything to bring. I mean, you have to push past that. I mean, some of the stupidest things I've done for who knows what reason and got some major correction on, then like the next day, I'll never forget it, I was supposed to preach. I was like, oh boy, you know, you got you to gotta really get to a good place. And it's like, I feel like I should like be the person like way down the street. You know, I'm going to put myself at the back of the line. But no, the great thing was, thank you for aligning something in me that set something straight that, that now that even qualifies me to step up in a place of humility and be more aligned with you even before I speak. And so, you know, we're not only talking about perfection. We're talking about trying to bring the best you just show up. Can you just show up? Can you just own something? Can you explore around what are you in charge of? What are you owning besides yourself? Start there. And what in a creative way you can show up with. Be very sure now you have been trained in a self-sufficient maturity, not independence, but where you've practiced the tools and you're functioning with healthy tools of doing life. You can enter into a generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things that you have and experience. See, I love that. That not only is it your responsibility financially to support um, who God has put in your life to mature you and invest in you, then also the way that you are receiving that training, coming back and saying, man, this happened. This is this what the disciples did with Jesus. Man, we came back. It was so exciting. We saw this and we saw this and demons were afraid of us and fled and we saw these miracles. I mean, it, it come back and give a report. Either way. Don't just act like, you know, that you're, you've reached it. You will never reach it. <clears throat> Don't be confused. A person who plants will have a harvest one way or the other. A person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, ignoring God, harvest a crop of weeds. It's a different weeder. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So don't let yourself get fatigued at doing good. You will harvest a crop if you don't give up. Therefore, take every chance to work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest in the community of faith. Now, here's what I see, now that you're powerful people and you're ready to engage, here's what I see. I see um, an off-definition in the church about love. Can I get an amen? Yeah. amen? You know, where we're acting like love is you just do all your messy you and I will just deal with it and tolerate it and I will love you. <laughs> I think Jesus addressed some things. He's the model, remember? And then I see the other side over here where religion is critical and punishing. So it's like, like we kind of tend to live in these two extremes where we get agitated at people's immaturity that our creativity is supposed to influence, and then we're critical with them and punishing with them, or we're over here acting like we're in love, 
not addressing anything messy. And that's not training anybody. And so neither one of those are working. So it, when you're your powerful self, you've got to know when do I confront, when do I show compassion, when do I show some grace, when do I wait. We're not very good at waiting. We act like we've got to do something about everything we see, and then that makes us neglect our responsibilities that we're supposed to be responsible. You know, that's another thing I see. I see where we have all these responsibilities. Like I said, explore really what you're responsible for. We have all these responsibilities right here where we're at. And then we'll act like, i got to love and get involved in this, and i got to love and get involved in this, and then this messy thing over here. Oh, somebody's in a lot of pain. Oh, I better hurry up and get involved in that, and I better rescue them here. We do all of that. And then we leave our responsibilities behind. We call this love. Like God called us to that. He did not call you to that. He called you over here. Do an exploration of what you're responsible for. Make sure you're overseeing that, managing that, investing in that, doing that really well. And then we'll talk about some other stuff. I remember one time at the upper room, the other church that we were at, <laughs> I felt kind of full that day, honestly. And so during prayer, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to give you more. I thought, oh, dear Lord Jesus. I don't, I don't know if I want any more, you know. And, and I said, but I know better than that because I know that's me, the lower me. I said, Yes. And so, see, there's tension between I must be doing a little bit okay with you that I'm managing things in a healthy way really well. That you're saying, okay, I'm going to give you some more. And so, then I just have to say yes to that. I mean, I want to say yes to that. I don't ever want to tell him no when he knows. And so I, you know, remember this, the one who has been a faithful steward with his talents gets the more. So if you're calling it love, running around, doing a whole bunch of stuff everywhere, just because people have messy lives, that makes you uncomfortable, then you might be neglecting your responsibilities. And the way that you are managing your responsibilities super well, starting with yourself, we'll keep saying that, with your powerful, powerful self. When you're starting with you and you're managing that really well, you're needing those principles of faithfulness, endurance, you know, showing up when it's hard. You're needing what's even gained there. You're, you're providing safety. You know, there's not a day that's going to happen in Desram when I'm the boss that we're never not going to have a work meeting. I'm never not going to give instruction. That I'm never not going to say, oh, don't talk to me today about where we ended up or how things went out there. I don't care. That will never happen because it's mine to oversee. I'm responsible because it's been given to me to partner with the people he's given with me to partner with to make sure it's honoring him, it's exemplifying him. You know what I mean? That if something's needed there, that we can have some discussion, that people feel empowered. You know, something's broken. Hey, we need to get another. You know, they, they need, we need to have that. And so whenever you're being your powerful, powerful self, really remember that he gives more to the one who's being responsible where they are. So be real careful to say yes to a whole bunch of mess if you don't have things in order right here that's not him I can tell you that's not him that's the enemy trying to bait you over here so he can tear this down be careful there do you receive that here's another way we can manage ourselves I'm kind of popping around I got to try to land this plane somehow um Deuteronomy 10, what does the Lord your God require from you? Now, require, does that mean optional? Is that optional? How do you feel about that? 
Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do me. I'm free after all. This is America. I'm going to have to go there, aren't I? It says that whom you serve or whom you obey becomes your master. So if you're acting like you're free to do whatever you're done and well please, like I'm free to do sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm free to open up all these doors because I'm free. You're really, that's the enemy's definition of freedom to bait you into bondage. Because he's tricking you that he's being your Lord. Freedom is the God of all the earth laid out a way for me. And when I get under his way, the enemy has nothing in me and I'm free. That's freedom. So hopefully that clears it up. What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear and worship the Lord your God with all filled reverence and profound respect? Just think about am I doing that? To walk, live each and every day in all of his ways and to love him. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your choices, your thoughts, your whole being. And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I am commanding you this day, for your good. If you don't think safety is under the covering of who he is because he has all authority to deal with the enemy that would love to devour you, then you've got a wrong definition. That's why he says, run to me and I will be your refuge. It's like we could get in there and we can go, at the enemy because he can't get you, he can't get you in there. It's a hiding place. <laughs> you know, he's trying, really? But we act like this is freedom over here. It's like he's trying to bait you over here to not be under the God who loves you and wants to cover you and surround you and establish your authority because in your authority then the enemy is in trouble isn't he so if he can bait you in all these other areas and steal your power and you're just too powerful for that so hide yourself in him <clears throat> when to help and when not isn't that the question I think we covered some of that, didn't we? You know, in Galatians 6, when it talks about two, two burdens there, one of them is really big, big, big life stuff. Um, and then one of them is smaller things that when you break that word down, it means like a backpack, you know, or like a little lunch bag or something. Um, those are your responsibility. Because you own your life, right? Are there any areas right now where you have been trying to hand that knapsack to somebody else? Make sure emotionally I feel good today. Moo. Moo. Make sure I'm happy. Make sure I feel loved today, Moo. Oh, boy, that's a load. That's a load on you, isn't it? Just dumped a load on you, Moo. <laughs> That's your responsibility. And you're powerful because you're a son and a daughter with a connection of, with a God who loves you. And so he's going to want you to develop that relationship, that dependency, that you can, I'll always be here. You can always find me for you. He wants you to have that confidence. Jesus required people to want help. And we've talked about this before, because remember last time I talked and we did that little movie clip, remember, with the guy at the side of the pool that had been there all that time? And Jesus said, do you want to be healed? It's kind of, I don't know if y'all ever listened to Danny Silk, but he cracks me up so much. 
If you haven't listened to him and you want to grow relationally, listen to Keep Your Love On videos on YouTube. He's so great. But he does this funny thing about how Jesus uh, sets boundaries with people. We have to set boundaries with needy people because sometimes they're needy because they don't want to own their life. And so he talks about Jesus coming to town and blind Bartimaeus shouting out, Yo, Jesus! Yo, yo! Jesus! Yo, yo! And Jesus says, bring him over. And blind Bartimaeus, Danny says it's so funny because he's so blind, his first name's blind. Blind Bartimaeus (laughs) comes up to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want? And so blind Bart, Danny says, blind Bartimaeus turns to his friend and says, is Jesus blind too? Isn't that funny? Well, Jesus obviously isn't blind. But he's not going to be manipulated either. He's going to require that people, because people are powerful, he's going to require them to say what they need. I need healing. Would you please heal me? Because I know you can't. See how healthy that is for the person? And see, what we tend to do is if we ever tap into our power, we override everybody. We go out and rescue and we do all this stuff and we override. We haven't even found out, do you want something right here? I mean, it's a major point, especially if you're used to living in. The bad definition of love means everybody lives messy lives and it's my responsibility to clean it up as a Christian. No. You own your life. You own your life. You own your life. You own your life. I'm managing this. If God says get involved there and you ask me to, then I, I will. So Jesus wasn't blind. He knew he was blind. But he's trying to figure out what do you know that you need? See, that's important. Don't take that away from people. Don't override them with your help when they're not even aware of what the problem is and what they need. If you do, you're wasting your time, your money, your resources, your energy because they haven't identified that they have a need there. So, you know, you got to be careful with your powerful self and where you put your resources. Does that make sense to you? Okay. I think I had something else on that. Let me see if I did. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we need to break that down some more, but it's really hard for us, you know, because most of us are very loving, caring people. We really do care about people. You know, we love people. We want people to do well. Well, you do, you have to be really careful about acting like everybody needs everything you need. You know, in Luke, a lot of the miracles that Jesus was doing, one of them was they said, can you come heal my little girl? And he said, yes. And he was passing through the crowd and they were pressing on him so much because there was so much need. They were pressing on him. It was suffocating him. So he didn't, he didn't just run around and go, everybody, everybody, love Jesus for everybody. No. Somebody asked him for something. He was on his way to give what that person had asked. There was all of this need all around. But what was the one he was going for? The person that was saying, I desperately need you or I'm not going to make it. And I'm looking to you as my answer. So see, we got to get that right. You know, gosh, I I don't know if I, I'm not going to say the title of it, I don't think, am I? I watched this true story that moved me so much, but it is a documentary on this lady's life. I told Rod about it in Kansas City. 
where she um, was a young kid sneaking out of her house at 11 and 12, running around with her friends. Somebody introduced drugs to her. She started getting on drugs, and it was it was just kind of a bad, bad deal. Um, then she was on the streets and vulnerable. All kinds of things happened to her. And I don't want to trigger everybody, but, I mean, it was rough for 30, 24 years or so. I mean, horrible stuff happened to her. Horrible. Oh, my goodness. But she was laying there one night after she escaped several events, and she was laying on her bed, and she just said in, that in a desperate way, God, I need you. And God came in that moment, whew, filled her with the Holy Spirit, washed all that stuff, and then she got up and she began to do the first thing in front of her, just taking a few toothbrushes. She didn't have much money. Take a couple of, I think it was one dollar toothbrush and one little baby tube of toothpaste to this shelter that she had stayed at that was so horrible they didn't even have hygiene stuff. And so she, that's where she started this one little thing right there. And then it opened up and it opened up. It just began to open up and open up to now where, gosh, she... She bought a house and filled it with people, and and they come for healing. And then she then she bought another house and another house and a couple of apartments and a nursing home and converted it. She has she moved the dark culture out of Kansas City area. Even the police were like, she has moved the darkness out. But just because, first of all, she recognized her need got the Holy Spirit, and she just creatively started just doing, okay, what's the thing he said to do here? Okay, do this right here. Okay, do this right here. Okay, do this right here. To where it has grown into this, wow, amazing thing. And all of the the police department are like, my goodness, like we couldn't have done that. I mean, it is, it'll wreck you if you watch it. But you have to be real careful because they do about 45 minutes and they get graphic about what her experiences are. But then that next, that redemption kicks in for that next 45 minutes. And one thing that she said that was so impactful is I will never take anybody into one of my homes unless they are really, really, really at the end and wanting change. She, if they're not wanting change, I'm not going to waste my time because there are people who will do anything. So she's looking for the people who will do anything to get free. So she has just learned, and you think she'd have just compassion on everybody. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I don't want you to experience that. I don't want you to experience it. She knows. Until you're ready, I can't help you. Until you're ready, I cannot help you. That's amazing. Mm, so good. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, here's here's a really good scripture right here. Romans 15, 1 through 3. Y'all doing okay? Um, the goal, get this, this is really important. The goal is to empower other people, not just to get them to a good place, to empower them. That's the goal. So that means you have to train. You don't have to. You don't get to rescue all the time. It's okay for them to be in a little bit of pain or not to get everything they want. Okay, where are you at? Well, let's talk about those decisions. Maybe with kids. Okay, here we are. Okay, where do you want to be? Okay, well, you don't get that toy because of this, this, this. Okay, well, this is what's going to take to get it back. Okay, when you're ready. We'll, we'll see where we're at. We'll give that back. See, that is so important because they learn I own my life. Yes. And I can make really good decisions. Yeah. It's really important. So empower them that when they do make a good decision, then yes, that can have an outcome. Really important. Not just because they're crying and throwing fit and you feel sorry for them. Oh, Breeze, it would be hard, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, yeah. Or just shut them up. You got, boy, I tell you what, you got to pray for parents. They got a tough job. Romans 15, 1 through 3. 
Those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized for they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Are you patient with people's immaturity? Or you're like, oh, that is such a bother. I've got just get over it and here, have this sucker. You know, right, Phil? It's damaging, isn't it? Our goal, this is what it says right here in the Word, people, Romans 15, 2. Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into growing into maturity. So think about that. Think about what you've been doing with your powerful self, how you've been relating to other people, those that you live with and, you know, those that you come across. Would you, would you classify yourself as um, a victim who's disengaged and really wants everybody to do stuff for you? Would you classify yourself as, oh, everybody just calls me just the bad guy because I'll try to handle things even when people are asking me to or not, whether they want it or not. They're getting this good stuff, <laughs> you know, or, you know, just a rescuer who's like, I'm uncomfortable with pain, so I'm going to just get you out of pain. And then I'll leave something else uncovered over here. So let's read again because this is big. Those who are mature in their faith or their belief. Like, I have a mature belief. I am not unsettled by where people are. I mean, people might look at me and think maybe I'm callous, but I'm not. I'm confident that he's doing something. You know, I don't usually get panicky. It's like, God, you're doing something right there. Thank you for, I'm I'm not disengaged. I'm prayerful. But the mature in their faith can easily be recognized. They don't live to please themselves, but learn to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Okay, now here is the goal. This has got to be your goal. Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into growth and maturity. That's the goal. If you're helping people, that's your goal. Do you know you have a problem? Do you want to resolve that problem? Will you do whatever it takes? If that is true, I want to empower you who you are Show you how you can be your powerful self. Show you how you can show up. Show you how to relate in relationships. Show show you how to do model uh, kingdom things. And when you empower them, then they get up and empower others. It's really the cycle he's looking for. And that's in this documentary, that was amazing. Golly, these people, it was amazing. They were, wow. I mean, strung out on drugs and stuff for lots of years, broken families, all kinds of stuff going on, domestic problems with kids. I mean, it was it was daunting for most people. But her goal was to empower people. And so when they were ready to be invested in, she would bring them in, and they became so powerful. They had the most fun, beautiful communities with each other. They did a whole bunch of stuff together. They would um, like do Bible studies and all kinds of different things together. They really got it. And so if you are helping people in the way that you're helping them, it's just only helping them get out of their mess. There's not growth there. That's not empowering them. And so, you know, for those of you who really have a really big heart, you have to align with God that the way that I'm doing my help right here might not be the right timing. It might not be the right way. I've got to quit giving me away and say, you love them more than I do. What do you see right here? What do I have permission to do or not do? And so then you take the resource of you and you're giving it away really well. 
So, you know, we have some of these weird definitions, and I'm just saying it with being a powerful person, you have a responsibility to own your areas, but do it in a way that's really authentically impactful, not just rescuer, just getting somebody out of pain. So require, when it says make empowerment the goal, you're looking for people to be powerful. You want, in relationships, you want power to power. Yes. I'm powerful. I'm communicating this is a really good way, kids. Then they're like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm gonna do that. Okay, great. I have all the resources. No phones, no blah, blah, blah. Let me know whenever you would like to show up in a powerful way and manage that, and then we'll renegotiate. That's requiring them to be powerful. And see, we don't want to take that away from people. Do not take away from people their ability to choose to come towards something. Do not do it. And if they don't want it, then you have to set some boundaries. Like if you're messing with a, a messy person, let's say, I see some married people in here say maybe you've got like a mother-in-law or something and doesn't like your spouse and comes over and says a whole bunch of stuff, then you're going to have to set a boundary. You know, I don't like the way that you're talking that doesn't work for me. I really do want you to come around. I'd like to see you, but we're not going to do that until that mess gets cleaned up because we're not going to do it that way. So, you know, if you're going to have, be powerful, you're going to have to set boundaries. Yes. You know, in one of Danny Sook's videos, this lady called in to give a testimony. It was really good because she said that um, she said that she really loved people and was trained, you know, in church to really love and care for people. But then there was this one lady that kept calling her all the time and needing this and needing that and run out here and do this and need to talk at 2 a.m. and come and do this and come pick me up here and come here and, you know, all of this. And she was saying in her testimony that whenever she was doing that, that she could tell that she felt like she was doing the loving thing. But then she started having conflict with her husband. You know, her kids started having some weird behavior. And so she was like, huh, that's interesting. So she got some advice and some input. And so then she began to set boundaries with her help. You know, I'll be able to talk to you between the hours of 9 and 8. You know, she just began to set all these boundaries with her. Well, you know, people have different responses to that. You can tell that when you set a boundary with somebody, it's so good because it'll tell you, am I just trying to get all your resources and I really don't intend to ever change? Or you can set a boundary with me and I am so wanting change that it doesn't even matter if I don't get everything the way I want it. I mean, Rod and I got that going on right now. You know, he's got a lot going on, and I don't always just answer his phone call every single time. Like if I'm with a customer, somebody's coming in the door, and it's like, oh, Jerry called, dang, I can't get it. I have to call him back. You know, he, he doesn't just quit. And so that tells me, I'm calling him Rod, Jared, Rod. That just tells me that he wants change. It doesn't have to be on my time, on my terms, on my way. Whenever you can, and he just keeps texting me, okay, here's what we, you know. And so that tells me he is really ready. He's really hungry. So that's a really good place for me to put my resources. And so you're going to need boundaries if you're working with people. If there's anybody else in the room besides you, you're going to need boundaries. <laughs> you might need boundaries. People might need boundaries with you. It's like I was describing that leadership meeting. I had to set some boundaries with the way that my groups were doing things. It's like, now this, this is not working. We've got to set this up different. And honestly, it required more of me, and that's probably why we, we weren't doing it. It's going to require something of you yes. to do it well. Yes. It'll require something of you to do it well. 
And, you know, sometimes I'll be curt at work and the girls will say, Pam, you're coming. That was really kind of curtful and kind of sharp. Are you feeling a lot of pressure? And I have to think about that. Let's see. How am I feeling today? Yeah, I think I am really agitated today. You know, that I think that that really is me. You know, this is what I've got going. So instead of trying to overmanage and push and push and push, thank you for the check. I'm just going to back off and practice trust instead. And so if you're going to have healthy relationships, you're going to, you're going to have to have boundaries. They're not a bad thing. Yeah. If, you don't have, if you're boundaryless, love is not boundaryless. Love is not boundaryless. Don't call it love because you have no boundaries. That is not love. Jesus was really good at boundaries. Peter, don't talk to me that way. I know what my mission is. Get behind me. You know what I mean? He was really good at boundaries. Relationally, you're going to have to have boundaries. Hey, the way you're bringing you right there, you're not showing up. That's scaring me. I really need you to decide what you're going to do there. And so until then, you know, I'm going to be over here and just let me know when you're ready to re-engage there. And so we're acting like, you know, love is just this one way. And so hopefully my point that you're getting today is that we really want to empower people. We want to be powerful people. We want to be creative. We want to make an impact. And then we have to require that other people are powerful too. So if you want to check out some more ways to be powerful and how to um, make good investments, you know, with people and require what's needed to be required of them, then you can check out some of those Keep Your Love On videos by Danny Silk. Uh, I think he's got at least five of them. He's really good. You'll really, really learn a lot from him, parenting-wise, relationally-wise. It's a very healthy perspective, not just a rescuer perspective. So it's really good. All right. Well, let's just pray then. So, Papa, we thank you that we are so dearly loved, that you proved with your son how much you loved us. And so I just thank you for pouring your love out on us today. And I just thank you for activating our powerfulness today. Thank you for bringing in hope, which um, steals our energy and causes us to be lifeless. Thank you for um, coming for our hopelessness and bringing hope and kissing our eyes with how close and how near and how available you are. So give us wisdom to know when we're really helping people for ourselves or when we're really helping them your way to make a life change. And so we just say we want to um, just love you. We want to own our lives well. We want to be healthy relationally. And so I bless each and every person in this room right now that you will begin to show them where they can show up, where they can own things, where they can look to you for wisdom and insight, and where their lives can show and display so much more creativity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.